I want to say a big thank you to Dennis Muzahuzi and Rachel Mikesell for reading parts of our worship service for us today. Uh, of course, Dennis and Rachel are both on staff at the church. Rachel's a production assistant and office assistant, and Dennis is our new youth minister. And so we're thankful to have them on the team, and it's a joy to work with them. And that's the focus of our Lenten journey together this year as a church at Shambly. Joy having a joyful Lenten journey. Uh, If you've tuned in to the first episode of the podcast that dropped on Wednesday, there'll be one every Wednesday from now through Easter. You'll see that uh, that's what we're doing. We're following along with a book I'll mention in a minute uh, and finding joy this Lenten season. I use the phrase Lenting from Lent in the podcast. And and of course, I don't mean that to say that we're not observing Lent or that we're not acknowledging the meaning and the significance of, of Lent in our lives, but uh, I just mean that you know, so often Lent can be characterized for us as a time of sacrifice uh, or solemnity, um, suffering, you know, identifying with the suffering and sacrifice of Christ. And quite frankly, it feels like in so many ways we've all been doing that every day for the past year of this pandemic. And, and so really, what we're doing this Lenten season is we're Lenting from that and we're looking for the joy of Lent. Uh, the, the episode of the podcast that you're going to hear this week, our guest is Ben Ward, who's our Director of Communications and leads worship at 9 o'clock, our modern service. And uh, Ben has a podcast of his own, Morning Prayers, uh, where he prays and sings the daily office and Uh, It's a blessing, and it was quite a joyful conversation that we got to have about prayer between Ben, Pastor Stacy, and myself. Uh, And and hopefully, if you're a part of a group or a class at the church, you're familiar with the book that we referenced. I mentioned it just a second ago. It's this one by Max Vincent. It's called Because of This I Rejoice, and it's a book about Philippians, uh, the book of Philippians in the Bible. And Max walks us through how we find joy this Lenten season and uses Philippians as sort of a guide. And and you heard a passage of Scripture read a minute ago from the first chapter of Philippians. And Philippians is written by Paul, and in this first chapter, he's um, giving an introduction to his readers, and he greets them in a spirit of prayer, in a spirit of joyful prayer. And, and that's the focus of the message today, uh, how we find joyful prayer this Lenten season. And for Paul, he tells the Philippians, you know, I, I pray for you. Each time I pray, I give thanks to God for you. And my prayers are filled with joy. And this is written by somebody who was in prison at the time, being persecuted for his faith. And yet in the midst of that, he can say, I rejoice, I praise God, I pray for you, and my prayers are full of joy. And then Paul goes on in those verses that were read just a moment ago and and, and lays out for us an image, a picture of joyful prayer. And and just knowing prayer as a joyful or joy-filled exercise, hearing it described in that way, can be especially meaningful for us because, as Max wrote in his book, you know, at times praying or our prayer life 
can feel rote or obligatory and seem like it's essentially just a list of ailments or concerns or desires. And yet Paul paints such a different picture of joyful prayer. And he identifies for us that prayer, joyful prayer at its core, tunes us to God. Like tuning forks, hitting that perfect pitch. Our joyful prayers tune us to God. So that prayer is best understood as an experience or a practice that forms us to God rather than forming God to us. Andrew Murray wrote about prayer as listening. He said, prayer is not a monologue, but a dialogue. God's voice in response to mine is its most essential part. Prayer heightens our awareness of God's presence and goodness and activity in the world. Erwin McManus said that we don't just pray for prayer's sake or to be heard by God. We pray to be connected to and formed by the heart of God, such that our praying changes us. And as our prayer tunes us in to the goodness and the presence and the activity of God in our lives and in our world, we discover reasons to rejoice and to know prayer as a joyful practice And then Paul goes on to explain how prayer centers us in Christ. He says in his praying that he's surely reminded that the one who has started a good work in them, in us, in me, in you, will see it through to completion. That our praying centers our understanding of our lives, of our world, in the life and ministry of Jesus Christ. Where we might be tempted to center ourselves or our attention, our focus in any number of other places. It is our praying, our joyful praying, that centers us again in the ministry of Jesus. And not only does it center us in Christ, it reminds us that our identity is in Christ. Paul says that we see ourselves as participants in God's kingdom. Everything about his prayers is about the spiritual work that is being done by God in Paul's life, in the lives of his friends. They are partners in the gospel, in the good news, that they are working together and they find their identity together in Christ. They can understand themselves and each other as beloved children of God, co-heirs with Christ, siblings in God's great big family. And so Paul paints a picture for the Philippians and for us of what joy-filled, joyful prayer can be as it tunes us to God and centers us 
in Christ. And so you, maybe like me, might find yourself asking questions then like, well, how do I pray? And I'll quote another uh, local well-known theologian, M.C. Hammer, who says we pray. (laughs) That's right, we pray. You with me? We have to pray just to make it today. Hammer time. Let's do a little shuffle. You you can do that at home. And if you don't know who MC Hammer is, ask your kids. Don't ask your grandkids. They'll roll their eyes, but ask your kids. How do I pray? We can get so caught up sometimes in, in doing it correctly that we miss the spirit of the activity. We miss the relational nature of having that conversation with our God who created us and loves us. When we worry too much about how do I pray? You know, Richard Foster, 25, maybe 30 years ago, wrote a a beautiful book called Prayer. And he says, in simple prayer, we bring ourselves to God just as we are. Like children to a loving parent, we open our hearts and make our requests We do not try to sort the things out, the good from the bad. We simply and unpretentiously share our concerns and make our petitions. God receives us just as we are and accepts our prayers just as they are, like a small small child cannot draw a bad picture. So a child of God cannot offer a bad prayer. Our prayers don't have to be especially professional or polished or holy. It's merely about us opening up our hearts, our lives, our souls to the rest of who we are in God through Christ. And you might find that there are written prayers That could be helpful aids or guides for you as you pray. Things like the Lord's Prayer or the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer or the Serenity Prayer for right now. And then maybe you ask, well, how often do I pray? Of course, there's another place in the Scriptures where Paul encourages us to pray without ceasing in 1 Thessalonians. And And the picture he's painting there, I don't believe so much is that we're seated or on our knees somewhere, eyes closed, hands folded in prayer 24-7. He's more painting the picture of a a relationship, an an open two-way channel of communication between us and God. It's just sort of a, a regular part of who we are, a regular habit that we practice. And then we come to know that prayer isn't so much about getting what we want. Even if that thing is a a cure or a job or an answer. But it's more about the relationship. Our willingness to open up ourselves, our lives to God, and then to listen and receive and be shaped and formed by God. I love that there's a, a way to understand the or interpret, translate the Greek word for prayer that's used in this scripture that is essentially to wish toward heaven. 
or to desire toward God. So that, that prayer becomes a, a kind of wishing that bends us and our will and our lives, our minds and our hearts in the direction of God's kingdom. And really, I, I think my favorite image for prayer there's one given by Richard Rohr. Maybe you know who he is, a Catholic priest, sort of a modern mystic. And uh, I heard him talking about our lives of faith and, and what a relationship of faith looks like with God for us. And he, he then invokes prayer as a part of that, and, and he describes it, our prayer lives, as a game of catch with God. That God tosses some of God's self to us. And when we are willing and open to receive it and to catch it, then we toss some of ourselves back to God some of our hopes, fears, some of our honest observations, acknowledgements about ourselves, our world, or people we love, some of our dreams and visions for wholeness and healing, and we toss it back to God. And God catches that of us that we were willing to toss. And, and then God tosses back to us. And, and we catch, receive, and we toss back. And before long, we're, we're just living in this rhythm of a cosmic game of catch with the Creator, Redeemer, and Sustainer. And so this practice of prayer that we hear Paul describing for the Philippians and for us teaches us that, yes, there's something to be said for praying with joy, but even more so to acknowledging our prayer brings joy. So we pray. We pray to be formed by the heart of God and we pray knowing our amen may be a call to action. And I want to invite you this Lent season as we celebrate a, a joyful Lenten season together to consider what adopting a new practice or attitude toward prayer might mean for you. Maybe it means setting aside a time to spend a moment in prayer with God on a regular basis, praying alone. Or maybe it means praying together with others, praying out loud. Maybe you just take the simple step to sign up and receive our prayer list so that you can know those who've requested prayer on their behalf and, and you can include them in your prayers. Or maybe you want to pray one of those written prayers that can 
be found like in Ben's podcast, uh, the morning prayer, or some of the ones I named, the Lord's Prayer, the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer, the Serenity Prayer. Maybe you want to add those to your routine. Or maybe it just means being tuned into God as you go throughout your days and have an awareness to have that channel of communication open between you and God and, and not just to be heard, but to listen, to be attentive to God's voice, to God's presence, to God's goodness, and God's activity in your life all around you and in our world. And together, we can experience the joy of prayer.